It's a it's a new voice. It's it's uh, Pete here with uh, the Saturn Studs podcast. Um, I'm your host again. I can't believe you forgot since last time I told you. It's Peter um, with my co- with my my batting a thousand co-host Jake. Did you uh, miss me here? He's he's swinging out of the park um, with this episode four hundred four. The uh, podcast not found edition of the podcast. You can figure that one out for yourself. Um, and Jake, I have a question for you. <laughs> what's your, straight? What's what's your opinion on canned fish? Canned fish? <clears throat> canned fish? Uh, We're talking. I'm talking. I'm talking sardinas, anchovies. You know um, the finer things. Okay. Yeah. So. Um... My mom got a Caesar salad from a fancy place, and they asked her, do you want anchovies on it? And I saw them, and I was like, I, I, I understand that they add flavor and that they're an integral part of some dishes, but I am sorry. I will not eat one straight up. She had just that anchovy boy chilling on her bowl <laughs> of lettuce, and I said, nope. Nope, nope. You got to be chopped up and hidden in a bunch of sauce for me to be able to go near you. Um, I like fish. I like fish. I have eaten canned tuna before. I am not. I am not savage enough to do it raw, though. Um, I will make a little mini tuna salad out of it, um, just to mm-hmm. add some uh, other flavors and like. Also, not die of like dry mouth syndrome. That's true. Tuna is one of it's one of the driest wet things you can eat. Um. I also fear for people who eat too much tuna. Um, too much tuna. When you have too much tuna fish, um, you could suffer from mercury poisoning, and um, that's not great. <sighs> that is sad. Uh, um, but yeah. Because I, I like okay. it's a it's a good bodybuilding thing like to eat tuna fish because it's yes. low in fat, I've... super high in protein, good essential oils and stuff of like that. So I am a, generally a fan of canned tuna. Um, the other stuff, I might be a little skeptical to try it. Even like uh, my because my family likes the smoked oysters that in the, that are okay. in the can, and I th- I think I've had one before and I. I like oysters. I'm just I didn't like them. Okay. I have never you know, I've never tried them. I've I have not dipped my hand my 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 dry hands into the fishy world. I just I'm so glad that you gave me such a strong answer on that. Um because I've been so I've been doing dieting. I've been back into it. Um and I said I'm gonna get weird with it. Because I'm going to explore my options. And kind of by happenstance, I fell ass backwards into the secret fucking underground tinned fish fandom. Like, the tinned fish community of, like, designer sardines. Okay, I've seen this. I've seen people doing, like, mukbangs. Tinned fish date night? Yeah, that. I'm like, huh? 
I, fuck yeah date like there's date there's merch there's like brand loyalties that I've, is um that's too much canned fish too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's too, like and, on a date night especially you know last thing you want to do is be leaning in for deep romantic smooch ladies it's almost valentine's day wet your whistle on a deep smooch uh, and last thing you want to do is just do a little, you know, a little burp in your mouth and just blow, just blow, fish. not just one fish, a concoction Two. of canned fish in their vicinity. <laughs> it smells. It's like we're down on the docks. <laughs> oh, oh, Seattle. I love it. Ooh. Romantic in Seattle. Mm, like the fish markets in of Seattle. I, this shit is crazy though. Like I I will put more canned fish in my diet because like you said, like the the ratio of like protein and shit in it yeah. to well not shit, but no, <laughs> shit well. in it to fat. Like I had fucking t- I had a tuna sandwich this week. Yeah. <laughs> I had an entire tuna sandwich. I made that shit boss. Cause it had like I what the whole serving was like eighty calories. I was like, "Fucking what? Yeah. This is insane amount of meat for this shit." So get, it, it was the I had the lemon pepper tuna ooh. with with the mayo and the salad with the fucking celery for the crunch, and then I threw in chili crisp oil and mustard. See what I and like? Had that shit on toasted rye. I'm a big mayo guy, so I can't do tuna fish without like adding mayo and like mustard, mm-hmm. and then I'll throw in relish too, like a sweet relish. Ooh, that's mm. yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you all at home. Add go in the chili crisp game. That brings it to another level. Yeah, I, I that's the other that's the other half of my my food extra my explorations this week or these last couple weeks has been that realm. And like I'm looking at like the 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 high level chili crisp community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could I could send you I'll I'll send you some <laughs> links afterward. This is not. We're, we've already gone pretty deep into a rabbit hole. Send me some reading hole. material. <laughs> yes. I fa- it, it's good shit. I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted. Um, but yeah, no, like the tin fish community, <laughs> it's off the, it's off the hook. Do you, what, um, uh, do you, do you save the water that's in it and take a shot of it? I don't think, well, you do it. In, everyone gets it in oil or oh. like mustard or mustard sauce. If you're a freak. Yeah, it's just like it's like bad mustard sauce that you can get your fish in. I feel like oil would be not great. No, oil's good. Like oil olive oil. Better. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I just I don't know. Something, about, sure. something about fishy oil is just not. <laughs> it's the difference. Yeah, it's the difference between boiling salmon in water and to, you know and frying it in a little thing of olive oil. Right. It's. There's a difference there. There's a difference to be had. See that? See um, that? Yeah. So, I've 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 been I've become aware of this, and maybe it's going to become part of my life. I'm going to. Kurt was Kurt was incredulous, and I feel that I've fallen for the marketing. So I may become fish boy. You know, but I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm going to spend seventeen dollars to get like mail order sardines from Portugal. You know, back in like Nam, some of these guys. You know, back in Nam, we would make candles out of the. Out of the uh, oil from the the fish cans, <laughs> and nothing nothing like a good fish oil candle to uh, bring some 
to lift the spirits of the boys uh, in the jungle, uh, fighting Probably. fighting Charlie, dropping down from trees, go down foxholes, Just nobody comes out. Fishes come out. Oh, you actually, I can't believe you've done it, Jake. Uh, you actually brought us back. You brought me back from the, from the brink, um, from the salty, the salty deep. That's what I'm uh, here for. To our, to our actual feature this week, which is a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, uh, another nineties Hans Zimmer scored musical. I did not know how much Hans Zimmer did. Like I didn't know about him until like inception until he was like, in on the scene in Inception, uh-huh. I'm like, what the fuck? I I guess he, you know, I was like, everyone's like, oh, it's a Hans Zimmer score. I'm like, okay, cool, that means something. And then and then I learned that he because he was in he did the score for Saving Private Ryan as well, yeah. which we watched this month. I don't know. I don't think he did the the score for Good Burger. <laughs> did you he know, wait? I don't know. Actually, maybe let check me it let out. me double check. You never know. Dan Snyder Hans... called in a, maybe called in a favor. I could see Maybe that. Maybe that. Uh, did Hans Zimmer do Burger King jingle? No. Okay. What? what I'm glad someone one? The, confirmed that. The Whopper Whopper double Whopper. Yes. <laughs> did people really think that Hans Zimmer Hans did Zimmer the really, fucking Whopper song? He, for he really, uh, he really stretched one for this one. This is a beauty. Nobody takes risks. Like Hans Zimmer on his Whopper commercial. Hans Berger. Well, oh speaking of Lord. League of Their Own, we're coming yeah. at you live, as always, from our own baseball field. We're here in the center of the pitch, on the top of the mound. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kurt is <laughs> clenching his fists if he's listening to this big thing. <laughs> That's what it's called. We've got Cracker Jack oh, and Corn Dogs. And we're gonna we're, ja- we're just jacking our dogs here on the mound. Or we're jelking over here, boys. <coughs> we're mogging, uh-huh. we're mewing, we're jelking. I'm oh. I'm base maxing. We're base maxing um <laughs> in solidarity of a league of their own and the first woman's professional baseball the first, team. The first women. The first women ever made. They wish. <laughs> They finally, it finally happened. I don't know if he's a streamer, I've, but I think you would like um, this this guy named uh, Sketch. Is it Sketch or Stret? Sketch? He plays like uh, Madden NFL, and he's like he's he, he seems kind of acoustic, but I think it's just a character. I'm gonna send acoustic. You a clip. It's the PC term for the old. Uh, Oh, okay. I this new lingo. Boy's not right. I don't. I don't know these young kid terms. Jake's Jake's about to send me a link here. here. He's gonna send me a sketchy YouTuber. He's, uh, he's known. He's known for his uh, his um, celebration things. He turns into a dog mm-hmm. and goes and pees on his couch behind him and he i see he does a lot of goofy shit with his with the way that he talks only one guy can do it like sketch blue 42 blue 42. 
He's he's going to the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy. Well, you know what they say about Super Bowl. Sometimes it's they're dropping trailers during it. Yep. And we were watching them. And we're we're gonna uh, watch them. And next week, it. wait, no, two weeks, three weeks from now. When the the eleventh. Whenever the week, the Thursday after the Super Bowl is when we're gonna bring you our thoughts on all of those new fancy trailers that drop during the definitely, big game. Because that's definitely gonna happen. I guess there's gonna be a Dune. I'm sure there's gonna be a Dune trailer, right? What? Maybe Why? There's, there's be already a... been a thousand. But we want more. When is this movie actually coming out, and where can yeah. I find Florence Pugh? Like I want private address. Florence Pugh. Pugh. Pugh, 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 Pugh. March first. Fuck, that's too far from now. Yeah. Oh, it's only a month. I. I would be. I would fucking. I would laugh my ass off if they had a like a Dune. Go see it. It's premiering after the Super Bowl. Go see it. I know you just got done watching this three-hour game, but... Go see it in IMAX. Uh, You're drunk enough we, not to realize that the your eardrums are being destroyed. Yeah. What you actually might be drunk enough for is our first trailer, Tear It. This is... This looks just just awful. Like, this is maybe... This looks like it's going to be at the level of, like, Wish Upon in terms of, like, schlocky bad horror movie. Yeah, I was like, okay, the um the 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 ideas of like the monsters per se or the spirits mm-hmm. that are haunting the kids, I like the designs. I like what they're doing, but they're all just jump scares. And I'm like, yeah, really bad jump scares. Um yeah, no, I need to call in card captor Sakura to come and deal with this. Shout out to my to my network TV friends from the 90s who that was what was on network that was the anime that we got on network TV was card capture Sakura and I thought it was Sailor Moon and I didn't understand when I went back to see Sailor Moon like where where's the girl with the wand who gets the cards where are the cards I don't understand I'm waiting for the eventual Yu-Gi-Oh horror movie where they Bro. find, like, Yugi's old deck. Bro, then... I want a live-action Yu-Gi-Oh! as, like, a horror movie. Like, I want to see, a, like, a real-ass shadow game out here. Yeah, I, I want see a man them to lose bring his in the life. gun. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dude, Season Zero Yu-Gi-Oh! would make uh, amazing mo- an amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, I am no doubt about that. But instead, we get, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we get Arcana Force from Yu-Gi-Oh!, you know, the best Yu-Gi-Oh! archetype where every card makes you flip a coin um, and it's all based on the tarot. Um, so, yeah, this, no, this movie looks like ass. Um, I I have nothing more to say about it. Yeah, there wasn't it's much peak, in it's the peak trailer. January. Like it, yeah. It, it was, it was kind of like almost a teaser of like, here's all the different tarot cards that are going to spook you tonight. Yeah, it's amazing that like this because this could have been on like, uh, uh, like uh, what Shutter, right? That's the horror streaming service. Oh, or maybe yeah, it yeah. was. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Did yeah. this say Shutter? No. Okay. Um, I don't know what decide why what decided that this should be in theaters. 
And I guess I'll never know because I'm not going to give this a second glance unless it turns out to be very funny. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of, unless it turns out to be funny, uh, Ghostbusters, The Frozen Empire. Um, it's 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 more Ghostbusters. We're we're seeing more Ghostbusters. They released a full trailer. Yeah, we're seeing um, a lot more of the original cast too. Um, which means they're most likely going to be integral parts of the movie and not necessarily just cameos that are going to blip in, which I don't, is that better to do that way or, or, or not? I, I don't know. Cause this movie is like a different, it's definitely like a whole different feel from original Ghostbusters. Cause like we go for those of you who are tuning in now, go back and watch our our Ghostbusters review way back where we talked about all about how good that movie was and how how unique it was in terms of its production, where it was like this, it's a very dry, like, sarcastic comedy um, that ba- that just took itself just seriously enough, where it had, like, a, a big plot. Um, but it was a lot, a lot of it was about the comedy, about the performances of a bunch of SNL people who yeah. made a movie. Um, where this is almost a, it's almost just a straight up adventure movie. So I, they're not, it, I don't feel like there's a lot of continuity. There's not going to be a lot of continuity. I mean, it almost seems like it's a Indiana Jones type movie. Like they, yeah, they got MacGuffins, they got monsters they got to run from. Mm-hmm. The car chases, car chases, the, the all the all the cool stuff. Um. They got little mini marshmallow guys because he's their mascot now, I yeah. guess. Got to sell sell toys. Yep. And really, I'm going to be here just for the the ghost in a Pokeball, uh, a little bit of Paul Rudd, and a 10-minute Dan Aykroyd exposition scene. Just let him loose for 10 minutes. I know he he has some theories about this movie. Let him loose. He, he contributed the research for this movie. Yeah. Sony said, he said, Sony, Sony, I'm not going to let you make this movie unless I can do the, the research for it. I want this based on real physics and real ghosts. I want this movie filtered and distilled through 10 different kinds of Herkimer diamonds at least three times. Because he's got that. And uh, sent to outer space. That. And we're we're going to send this as a message to the aliens that yeah. we come in peace, that we're peaceful people, and it the movie is going to have no glycol in it. It's Absolutely cousin Annie no glycol. <laughs> I want Dan Aykroyd. Oh, does Dan Aykroyd have a podcast? Does he have Hold a cameo? Can he do a cameo for the? Oh sense? my god, Dan. Aykroyd podcast the Dan Aykroyd no not one about Dan Aykroyd everybody has a podcast how does Dan Aykroyd not have a podcast that's insane bro I like Dan Aykroyd should be did I'm sure would Dan Aykroyd go on like Joe Rogan oh yeah yeah that's why I think he talked about his Herkimer Diamonds and his, uh, was it tequila or vodka? I think it was vodka. Yeah, okay. Dan Aykroyd, that was four years ago. So this was this was back in peak Joe Rogan, which is good. Because they would get, I, you know, Joe Rogan's, 
he's going to get high. They're going to talk about aliens yeah. and DMT. Did and you that's see... exactly who I want talking with Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> did you see him going like a 30-minute rant with like Bobby Lee about I did COVID hear about and that. Dems? And like Bobby Lee was like, when are we going to have fun, dude? Like This is bumming me out. It's like, is this all you think about at night? He's like, yeah, actually, I do have existential crises at night. Um, but like they told us to get a shot and they can't do that, dude. It's like, bro, you invited the comedy man on your podcast to have a good time. Just, just go do it solo or take, take another hit of shrooms. Go take another dose of really strong shrooms. Get that eat. Kill that ego again, and we're starting back from square one here. Yeah, the end of that podcast was super sad because he was like, "Can we talk about my movie?" He's like, "Oh, you have a movie coming out?" He's like, "Yeah, that's why, why I'm here. fucking here to promote it." Like, okay, I guess this is the movie. Check. Are we done now? Like, can I go? He's like, "Yeah, you coming back?" He's like, uh, "Eventually, dude. I'll find time." That's <laughs> so. Joe, Joe, sleepy Joe has lost the plot. <laughs> Sleepy Joe. That's what I called my child. <laughs> Dude, that's what I have been calling him lately. Uh, but he does it's like so good. He's ready for bed. I'm like Sleepy Joe over here. Sleepy <laughs> Joe. Go gonna get a bedtime story. Oh, you want your bottle, <laughs> baby? <laughs> Please Joe. read him bedtime stories in a Donald Trump voice. Oh, I should. Green eggs. That'll be his ham. first. That'll be his first Halloween costume. Well, I guess uh, technically second, but yeah, the second Halloween costume will be a That's little right. president of the United States. <laughs> I'll get him a little oh. like Joe Biden wig. <laughs> get the little, uh, little hair plug wig. Shit. Does he have more hair than Joe Biden at this point? He's close. He's pretty close. They're neck and neck. They're they are, they're they're bald you spot know, and bald spot. They both have bald yep. spots. Joey's got a little bald spot. <laughs> you know who else is also bald? The minions. Oh, <laughs> I was like, are you gonna say the guy from Dune? The Harkonnens. The, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the Harkonnens. What do minions have Har- and Harkonnens have in common? <laughs> Would they, they got no hair. Would they, I want to see, like, Dune, but there's the minions running in the background in the black and white planet. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Spice. Uh, only the minions. <laughs> would the minions help the Harkonnens? I, I, yes, I would say so. They, I, they would have to. I just... <laughs> Remember that scene in Dune where they're all under the sand and they, they all, like... No, like they, yeah, and the 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 warriors come down. They're like hovering uh-huh. down and attacking the uh, the Sadukar, yeah. like uh, in camera over. It's that, but they're just minions floating down with like the bubble shields that they have, yeah, and just swords, and they're just like that's... slow motion fighting. That's, that's dope. That's so good. I need to see. I need to look up Minions Dune. Dude, I need to look up minion porn. You know what I mean? It's just one of those nights. Oh, oh, this is so fucking freaky. Okay, this is much more freaky than I was hoping. Because now, now with AI on the scene, like, um, we have AI results that come up in the search. Oh, really? So I'm getting, 
yeah, I'm getting minions in the style of Dune, and, like, this image comes up. Like, this weird homunculus, like, in the desolate sand, staring right at you. That's fucking freaky. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I was... Here I was hoping for some... Like, just some funny little yellow yellow guys, but... But no. No, it's... It's so much worse. Maybe AI was a mistake. Yeah. God. That this is what this is what'll do it. Although this one actually this is pretty good. I like that. This one makes up for it. These minions but IRL, right? Where they're just it's just dudes it's just <laughs> It's just very jaundicey dudes <laughs> with with yellow life jackets on. <laughs> Somebody better oh. get these uh these minions livers checked out. Yeah, it's true. It's very dangerous uh for them. Oh, but so what's more dangerous me. is that Gru fucks. Yeah, Gru Gru, can... Gru had sex. Gru had Grutercourse. And, um, <laughs> and you know he had to hit it from the back because those noses are not <laughs> going from the front. You know this man bumps his nose first if he walks into a wall no, with a hard on. No villain, would, no true villain would not go in from the back. Sneak in from behind. I'm trying to do... I don't know, maybe not. You know, he's got no thrusting power with those toothpick legs of his. Bro. Maybe he's a power hey, you, bottom. How You cannot say that. Have you not seen the first movie where he's busting a groove? He's got the hips of a fucking legend. Yeah, but look at his legs, dude. There's no power behind it. It's all speed. <laughs> He's built for efficiency. He's <laughs> <laughs> got, got no staying power. He's also way too fucking top-heavy. Like, he falls over so easily. I don't know what that has to do with how he has sex, but... <laughs> He's got... <laughs> gotta stay straight up yeah. center, it's, a, it's a high center of gravity they have sex standing up that's crazy that's evil that's the most evil thing he's done it's, it's truly villainous <laughs> sure. um that's the evilest way to have sex evilest way yeah. to procreate um uh so the uh, villain of this villain story is just another villain is another villain it's an old lady i guess they're stealing I guess is this. I think it's just Doofenshmirtz. Like it looks like Doofenshmirtz so with some, like a fur coat. Somebody like already uh, like guessed the plot of it, and they're saying that that's his mom. Which I, I guess I what? can see. Maybe like his, out. but his mom was already like in the first ones and was like a whole character who who definitely wasn't like a top villain, Maybe and that looked nothing like this. Yeah. Maybe not. They were the person who made that theory. They were just—they're insane. I they're will, fucking mental. I execute them. <laughs> I will go kill Will Neff. <laughs> crush famous Twitch streamer. Mods crush his skull. <laughs> Mods eliminate him. Uh, you need shit, to, yeah, you need um, to force choke yourself now. So Gru has a baby in this movie. 
Um, that's why we're saying he fucks. He doesn't actually have sex on screen. Um, the baby is interesting. I don't think it likes him or something like that. Um, yeah. He has a villain face whenever he talks to Gru and a baby face whenever he talks to the mom. And they're going to learn that that's because he looks up to Gru as a villain. You know, he's like, yeah. I, he's, he's the best villain. Because that's how these movies go. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not going to be like completely evil. He's got to be a little bit of a good guy. Because he's got his orphans that aren't really orphans. They're now his daughters. They're like grown up. Did we go see Despicable 3? Yes, I believe we did. Or Minions, maybe. Was it Minions? One of... Was it Minions? No, yeah, I think it was Minions. Cause I was say, I, I don't, don't remember re- seeing Despicable Me. Yeah, I never saw White Grew. <laughs> grew 2. Yes, that two. white, white Grew. <laughs> this Grew in the white suit. <laughs> um, No, it, it was Minions. Uh, I regret that purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still here. They're 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 still minioning because they're not gonna. I mean, they're not gonna go away till uh, Facebook dies. Um, true. Boomers can't get true. enough. Yep, and I can't get enough of my violent nature in a violent nature. This was a teaser, little little tiny teaser. This yep. is on Shutter. Um, very atmospheric, very short, very quiet. It's just dead body in the creek and hillbilly zombie with a hook with, with some hook hooks. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be walking around the woods, killing, killing sexy teens. Yeah. Uh, the taglines from like different people who've seen it. Amazing kills, ridiculously gruesome, unlike any slasher I've ever seen. Kill of the Year and hilariously brutal. Um, actually, Kill of the Year has already been taken by the guy in Pennsylvania who decapitated his dad. That uh, was so fucked. That was Kill of the like, Year. Sorry, dog. We st- we started early out here. Yeah, twenty twenty four got off to a fucking start. We're like we're top ending our our. They year. dropped the nitro thrusters on th- on twenty twenty four. I think it's going to be, um, I think we're going to have a dry spell from like March to like September. And once October hits, it's going to go buck wild till the election season. Mm-hmm. We got, we got John Stewart coming back for the daily show. Yep. Shit. We're eating good fam. <laughs> Nature is healing. Nature is healing. John Stewart's back in the hot seat. For the election season, we got to You gonna be slapping them once a week? You you're gonna watch the weekly ratings for Daily Show, and there's gonna be a big fucking hump on Mondays. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it's like, once a week, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know who the rotating cast of the Daily Show is now. I don't know. They 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 gotta stop that shit. I feel like it's not not holding. They're they're just trying to figure it out because like Trevor and Noah just didn't it just didn't click. I know yeah. I it's and that kind of all sucks because like I know what we all know we know what John was doing where he's like here here is a huge political thing low hanging fruit it's a smorgasbord 
this is the best gift I will give a new host. Like what's, you can ju- you can sort of the moon on this shit. And Trevor just did not he did not take it. Roy uh Roy something. Um, Roy Wood Jr. Yeah, Roy Wood Jr. He um he has some pretty good promise. Um Roy Wood Jr. is pretty good, yeah. And like Trevor Noah was also pretty good, but like he just again, he didn't click. Like he didn't have that like John John Stewart has this love, you know, he always, the key is that he has this beautiful blend of like really funny and like lighthearted, but also I'm pissed and see and yeah. seething mad. <laughs> yeah, Trevor and, never really had that. It was always like um uh he was always kind of like virtue signaling a little bit or like not virtue signaling, maybe that's a wrong word. He just for didn't it, have the righteous anger. He yeah he 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 would always like come off as like very preachy about certain things and be like, like flipping the stool around backwards and and being like, look guys, if you really want to do it the right way, this is, and it's like, I don't really want a lecture. I want somebody who's gonna okay, get, youth pastor. Yeah, I want somebody who's gonna get mad at the same shit that I'm mad at, and like yeah. John Stewart really knew how to like vibe with us on yeah. like getting pissed. I think Bring. as much flack as he's getting right now, can you imagine like Dave Chappelle coming in and doing like the Daily Show? Oh my God. That kind of would be nutty because he knows how to get mad. If he, if he decided to go that way, I'm just thinking Dave Chappelle as he is now doing the Daily Show. I, he's, I know he's, it, it's his, uh, I think his alignment is all skewed and not yeah. properly lined. He's very, he's very, ungentlemanly yeah but damn like our next trailer oh (laughs) yeah segue hard cut (laughs) i'm just gonna slice through the middle of whatever you're gonna say i have no regard for the ministry of ungentlemanly warfare uh that's right this is new it's the new guy Ritchie. uh is it jason statham no no henry cavill yes henry cavill Um, Yep, this is King. I I affectionately call this Kingsman, but they put based on a true story in front of it. They took all the CGI mustaches that they took out of Superman and put it back onto Henry Cavill for this. Because yeah. boy, does he have mustache! Guy Ritchie is like Henry. Can Henry Cavill can never be without a mustache. If you if you don't get, put him in a mustache, you're doing him wrong. You're calving wrong, dude. If he you are the Cavillan. If he cocks his arms like he did in that uh, one movie that he did, h boy, ooh doggy. Yep. Uh, side note: Argyle is getting fucking shredded. Oh, is it? Yeah, I was like, I was watching like a promo we'll do that. for it. It'll be in our spotlight next week, probably. Yeah. But like Henry Cavill is in it for three minutes because he's the fictional version of Argyle. So wait, they is put he him- really only in it for three minutes? I think that's what people are saying. Like they they make they try they do a lot of suggesting in the title, but like I even from the premise where I'm like, it's the real Argyle. Like the joke is the joke has to be that he looks nothing like how she imagined him, which she imagined him to be like Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. So he only shows up for the fake opener, and then I'm guessing he's gone from the movie for the rest of that it. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And it's it is it is kind of shitty, especially with how much press he's been getting for the movie. Yeah. 
I there so this is about the a special ops uh the I guess what they're calling the first special ops mission in in history in World War 2 um which maybe true category like technically but like there's been special forces for way before like yeah. even 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 what 50 years before right in the civil war the secret service got invented yeah and was running it was like running silver up and up and down like doing doing secret missions yeah like i don't know how i don't know what makes this the first special ops or special forces mission other maybe, than maybe what, like I'm, maybe they mean like covert like black project nobody can know about it sort of thing i don't know maybe but even, even I, then i don't know that's a nitpick um yeah. it's probably gonna be fine got richie movies he he makes himself a good little movie yeah um so i expect it'll be a fun romp and he's got especially good action because of man from uncle he's got a good rep with that so i'm sure people who like that will like this and and they put and they did another one bites the dust they made the the cinematic version for the trailer oh yeah thank you guys great job really did it um are there any others nah nah Nah. okay there's a lot of featurettes of dune um but i think we've touched on dune enough they really wanted to show dune um you did (laughs) i guess we get special credit i guess to the uh, the Madam Web, uh, quick shot that you that you showed me. Oh, the JOI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out again. I did it. I think once before, but Where shout she... out again for Dakota Johnson's JOI, uh, like, Madam Web fucking... promo. Her ASMR. In ASMR ear. telling us to come. You're twice. gonna go watch this movie. You're gonna come like, to the movies. You're gonna come to the watch this. Do not come. You're uh, you're gonna come. <laughs> I'm gonna come. I, I guarantee it. Oh God, it's it, the men's warehouse commercial, but it's Trump. You're gonna like how you look. I guarantee it. You're gonna like the suit that you're in. You're gonna feel like you're dining at a Donald Trump's Trump. warehouse. Trump's Lots golden warehouse. Get a very, suit. Very good suits. Just very like good. mine. They're tailored here by our professional tailors. I swear. They're, Get all their names are Taylor. It's amazing. Get the <laughs> custom Trump shoes that make you always look like you're leaning forward in that one dance move from a Smooth Criminal. You will look like a Smooth he, Criminal. He do be leaning forward. But that's just because he's got to counter all that dumpy in the back of his trousers you know oh I mean? don't remind don't remind me of the fucking tennis photo oh the tennis dump oh the tennis <laughs> dumper dude man well, was holding... double double wrapping his pampers you know what i mean <laughs> double wrapping <laughs> i love i like the fact that it's coming out now that like people are finally admitting that he's just stinky he's like dude, a stinky dude okay this is something that I, I i heard from hassan a long time ago when he was talking about like oppo research and like how to put 
like your political opponents on blast. And like Donald Trump and like Ronda Sanctimonious were like doing pot shots at each other and nothing was really landing. Nothing was hitting. And mm-hmm. he was like, dude, you, that, you're doing it all wrong. You got to like, you got to do something that nobody can prove. Nobody's around like Donald yeah. Trump. So if you call him stinky and you're the only like advocate to that, people are going to believe you. You can and just he was like, keep saying, yeah. you should just call him smelly. <laughs> call him a stinky loser. Like, I, that's, yeah. you just keep doing it. I don't, just don't care what he says. Just every time he's like, okay, sure. You're a stinky loser. That's so smart. It's so smart because it's so embarrassing. And he has, what is he going to say? No, I'm not. I smell very good. Look, he's gonna put one of those fucking paragraph texts, which I just look at. I'm like, there's nothing subs. Like, Donald, if I read this, I'm gonna lose an IQ point. We haven't seen you near your wife in like a year. Is everything okay? Do you really stink that bad that she's like leaving your side? Oh God, smelly poopy man. Um, what the fuck, Jesus Christ! Oh. Did you skip? Jake's just been accosted. Yeah, dude, ghost, ghost. man. Oh, oh, I know what she wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. You're not clever. Keep it going. Keep she's, it crawling. She's got that navy. She's got that navy seal stealth going on. Keep it crawling. You're doing a worse job now. <laughs> Oh God! Where? Oh, where'd you go? Magic. <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> In the frame, passing through. You're, you can you're see. Hidden. You can stand up now. I'm, I am standing. This force perspective. This is. I think this is a Pink Panther bit you're doing right now. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Just it just it just drags it out so much longer. <laughs> As you hear the clinking of the diet coke that you just grabbed. <laughs> Christ. Are you guys are you guys split? The least you could have done was grab me another are beer. You guys, are you guys a split family? Like are you living in a two diet soda household? Yeah. No, no. Uh yeah, yeah. We have um we have her Diet Cokes on one shelf and my Coke Zero's on another because she's diehard Diet Coke. She's a DC fangirl. That's what, like, I've heard that, like, the marketing was for that. Like, the dude, it was dudes for Coke Zero and ladies really? for Diet Coke. Like, the, that was the marketing split. That's so weird because it's like, so Kristen has, we, we've discussed this before. Kristen does not like Coke Zero because it tastes too much like Coke regular. And that's exactly why I like it, because it's sweeter. Yeah. And Diet Coke has more of a, I don't, I don't know, it's more of a, a spicy, less sweet, like, bite to it. Yeah, it's but, like, it's gross, flat sweetness. But, yeah. like, yeah, Coke Zero is like, it's like sugar. It's like the taste of the, the fake sugar is like the class clown, and he gets he gets sent to the office until the last five minutes of class. <laughs> aspartame you're going to see the oh. principal oh i'm just waiting for one of these days where the, all that aspartame is going to hit us and we'll go, 
just <laughs> just a fucking entire stage four teratoma just in one day. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just pops Pop. out like fucking popcorn. Um, when it's time, it's time. Oh well. Yep. I'll just I'll as long you know, give me the countdown and <laughs> we'll take it from there. Kimo ho. Um that was trailers. So yeah. now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna follow up with the follow up. The part where we follow up this week on the follow up. <laughs> this I'm, week, I, but last week's Yes movies. Last week. Follow uh, up. And we're starting it off with uh, just a nut. There's been no change. Mean Girls for the third week in number one. Oh, wow. It's It's been a streak. This this has been a pretty calcified box office looking at the looking at the top five um, because there's no new movies that came in this week. Well, there was one, um, but they're not listing it as such because they're stupid. Um, but none of the top five have moved at all, and they've three of the top five have been there for six weeks or more. So it is. We are stagnant. We are deep. You know, this was a. This is the end of January. No movie innovation happening. We're taking a break. Uh, it's like uh, the. It's the studio test pattern when they play in the 60s when they turn the tv off the tv station off for the night (laughs) it just plays like the the test pattern um yeah so mean girls it's in first with uh made 6.9 million this week which that's a january number um less than 10 million for the top earning movie this week for a worldwide gross of uh eighty four in a eighty four point six million, um, I guess that's top worthy. But man, we're not like until February until we get to Valentine's Day movies. It I feel like it's just gonna be what it is. Yeah. Um, number two, dropping down, uh, the Beekeeper with uh six point seven million take this week internationally. Um, hundred and five point five million. This is now. This is a blockbuster. This was on every. Uh, as I was saying last week, this was like on all the theaters, like plastered all over the front. Like this is the feature movie. Go to the theaters to see the Beekeeper, and I'm sure Kurt did. He was very excited to review it. So while he's away, while he's stuck in a washing machine, um, we are going to spotlight. <laughs> The beekeeper. That's where he is. You can't prove us wrong. That's where he is. He's in a washing machine. He's on spin. Stuck on spin cycle. If you Um, know what I mean. And you do. I think you do. I think you do, Philip. Brain thinking. Um, But the beekeeper has also found its way into our spotlight this week. Um, It's... It's a strain of uh, of aggressive crossbred real reviewers. Um, they come in, they they join together in a giant hive and attack IMDb in yeah. mass. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, every real reviewer gets one review and then they die. 
Some say this uh, crossbreeding and cross pollination, pollinate, pop. What are that cross Polynesians? <laughs> cross the cross Polynesians of these IMDb user reviewers is what actually caused COVID to start, not Wuhan. It was actually from a cell from of IMDb users commingling and having a coffee that created the infamous bug. The little little squirt that is COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh um so to show you the the virility the virality of um of these reviews i'm actually going to start with a 10 out of 10 okay uh we've got it from car carwo 10 out of 10 amazing I have always enjoyed Jason Statham's movies, but this was amazing. Might be my favorite movie ever. If I could give it more than 10 stars, I would. I've never written or rated a movie before, <laughs> but I had to because I haven't seen a good movie in years. Finally, finally, one that I feel like it was worth my time to watch. It's a, It was a great action movie, and kept me on the edge of the seat the whole time. Five exclamation... He had... There's more... Imagine just increasing exclamation points every sentence. Just more and more. Just drowning in them. I love the plot line because it had me hooked the whole time. I do not have anything else to write, but I don't want to put any spoilers in. <laughs> but, the, but the review will not post without 600 characters, so ignore this last part. LOL. What did they Three do that to get around like AI stuff? I think so, or like one sentence reviews because they had that huh. for a while. That's why I see uh, sometimes you see the duplicate review where they just post it twice. Gotcha. Um, three out of five found that helpful. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Slide Don thirteen says one out of ten. Sweet mother of Jesus and the little donkey. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> All right, slide on. You've caught my attention. Let's read yours. When you see the opening credits, Mini Driver, Jeremy Irons, and uh, Felicia Rashad, the possibility exists that this could be worth watching. Miss Miss Driver only had the two scenes, so she didn't have to be paid as much to surrender her dignity to keep a straight face. Jeremy Irons had to work much harder. The target audience is presumably presumably teenage boys who don't expect or need a script. I presume the three actors named above were where where offered ridiculous money to be part of this enterprise. They are the comparable they're comparable God they are the comparable film to the Hallmark Christmas movie with everything pretty much similar to the cookie cutter used for all the previous examples. Presumably, they had X number of required explosions. Y in the stunt crew calculated Z as the number of scenes with a few gaps for words. Let's not call it a script. The industry needs these kind of expendable, which I'm pretty sure he misspelled, Holy forgettable flick to fill in. I only went to see this because I had a free ticket. If I had actually paid money, 
to see this, I'd likely be angry at my choice for or disappointed. There are lots of better old films from the 30s, 40s, 50, etc. This is a waste of time, but my autistic nephew loves going to the <laughs> cinema, and I'm part of his entertainment team. 20 out of 29 found that helpful. When I tell you that I skimmed a bit of this and I missed that zinger at the end, I'm as shocked as you are. I did not see that twist coming. Jason Statham, he'll entertain wow. your autistic child. Wow, he, wow, wow. It's wow. a pretty ringing endorsement. Would you look um, at that autism? Brought to you by autism. <laughs> uh, from Mason Fisk. Four out of ten. Goofball City. The first film of the year may rank as one of the worst for the same as Jason Statham. Worst for the same as Jason Statham kicks butts and takes names. Or is it the other way around? In this goofy revenge tale, Statham, a former government operative, has retired plying his trade running an apiary on a retired woman's property. Felicia Rashad, but after she commits suicide after being ripped off by some internet shocks, promoting Statham to spew bad bee puns while he kills his way to the top. Or bottom, these people are scum. In a concern which runs right to the heights of the White House as the president's Gemma Redgrave from Howard's End's son, played by Josh Hutchison, is ranking in millions from duped customers, uh, which will not stand as far as Statham is concerned. David Ayer, a mismatched director for this material, was Shane Black busy? Directs a particularly goofy premise from scenarist David Wimmer does not help wit with the humorless Statham doing the physical lifting without any issues, but the unintentional guffaws generated from villains who look like extras from the Terminator's technoir dance club scene makes this memorable outing for the wrong reasons. Also starring Oscar winner Jeremy Irons as Redgrave's handler, Oscar nominee Minnie Driver, wasted frankly as a government Contact an Emmy Rava Lampman, an Emmy Rava Lampman from the Umbrella Umbrella Academy, who plays Rashad's daughter. I don't know how they felt about the movie, but twenty three out of thirty four found that helpful. Not bad. <clears throat> Let's get to the truth of it. Razula F. Fakami? Fakami? Razulaf Afakami. Razul Afkami. Add spaces, IMDb. Please, Christ. 10 out of 10. The truth. What really matters in this world now. I think. LOL. Guys, I'll tell you the truth. What an amazing movie it was for me. Let me tell you this. I was so captivated by the storyline, action, the dramatic and cinematic effects. It was an absolute 10 out of 10 for me. This entire movie, on its entirety, left me with an amazing feeling. I even clapped all by myself in the movies. Sorry, in movies. 
you gotta watch it in cinemas or your home theater with proper sound effects cause God knows there are lots of them smiley face well done the sound team X holy moly that was some nice sound effects he actually said holly molly holly molly bro holly molly that was some nice sound effects that's like my future daughter's wrestling name holly Holly Molly. molly that's pretty good that's a good one every sound was on point for me thank you love to work with you guys one day soon the masterful action choreography holly mother of doctor who haha i was pinned to my seat the minute an action scene would start i simply was too captivated to move or drink or reach for my phone and i'm a insta freak <laughs> <laughs> I'm at it. that. I'm taking that one. I'm an insta freak. I'm an insta freak. <laughs> Thank you, all the crew. I know how hard you must have worked on this masterpiece. Wow, love you, the amazing cast. Thank you for years of hard work and living on macaroni and cheese just to get to this point. I salute you, director, producers, writers, everyone up to the drivers that moved the crew around, up to the cleaners who cleaned the set ready for the next day. I love you. What an amazing creation. Thank sir, you. Sir, we have to get ready for the next award. 25 out of 49 found that helpful. Just just take your statue and go to go take your seat. Guy was was typing through tears to write this shit. Ho, Holly man. Molly. That was a big one. Um, like, like that movie saved his life. Good Christ. So my favorite thing to do is go from an emotional high to an emotional low. Uh, and let's give us some emotional shock right with this one one out of ten shame could have been an awesome film but dei um i don't know little little background background dei stands for diversity equity and inclusion oh it is the new thing that all the uh cool guys out there are the the really mad about yeah well they're like they're like hey these planes are crashing because we got women pilots and blacks in the cockpit. You know cockpit. what DEI stands for? Devil, evil, incarnate. Take that E, put it over here by the eye. <laughs> oh my God. It's die. Yeah, whoa. We got unqualified blacks flying planes and they're going to crash. Oh yeah, who who said that? Was it Dude, who Matt didn't Walsh? Say that. Yeah, uh, no. he probably said something like that. It was... um. No, it was the uh, the Turning Point USA guy, Charlie okay. Kirk. Yes, Charlie. Charlie Kirk, Kirk was like, "I gotta tell you, if I saw a black in the cockpit, I'm quaking in my boots." <laughs> well, you better be qualified. Like, fuck you. I'm like, oh, where did you get your degree? Also, little 
little uh, insider info about pilots. There's an extensive regiment that they have to go mm-hmm. through to become pilots. And a lot of them are from the military because they pay for your pilot training. So a lot of these pilots that are women or of color are not just are not diversity picks. They're from the military. Yeah. And you Stop know that if you saw racist. the documentary Red Tails. Yeah. You would. You would. Okay. All right, George let's get Lucas into this. for Black History Month. Ooh, nice. Let's get let's get into some some shameful uh uh IMDb yeah, people. Let's, let's uh, listen to this guy. Shame. DEI. Shame. Could have been a really good movie with lots of fun action and action sequences and relatively fun premise. But as usual, it was made for modern audiences, which means lots and lots of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which means action sequences include impossible actors and ridiculous leaves. Okay. Uh, Just for the sake of what color their skin is, Hollywood just likes to ruin their own stuff. It's really too bad. This really could have been really, really, really good. It was trash along the lines of that girl. Huh? Okay. I don't think Hollywood actually create a good movie anymore. I think it's pretty much no wonder the reviews keep going down. 14 out of 21 found that I hope he knows that DEI also include those with learning disabilities, such as illiteracy. Yeah, well, I mean, he might be... He uh, would, if he could read. Dude, he he might be he might be a, a benefactor of DEI in that case, mm. you know? He just doesn't know it yet. Too stupid to realize. One day. Man, Teach bring always. the whites back to Hollywood. Where'd they all go? I go to a movie, nothing but... Nothing but uh, differently colored people than I. From different backgrounds. That's crazy. I like watching my movies where they just all, they all look like me. It's like I, I want to watch a movie that's like a mirror. Like when, when are we going to get a guy like Willem Dafoe to get his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Yeah. Yeah. Like when or, is that going to happen? Or awesome dudes like Tom Cruise. When is he going to come out with a movie? Like, yeah. give him a chance, Hollywood. Let him make he. Let him make his own movies. If he's so, so good at acting, he's going to be good at directing. Henry Cavill, uh, he was Superman. Put him in another movie. <laughs> these guys aren't give getting these guys work. a chance. <laughs> these small bean dudes, <laughs> the small bean white male actors, need money. <laughs> Featuring div- oh. such diverse actors as Jason Statham. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so diverse. The Brits. <laughs> uh, finally. Finally. From Walter M. Williams. Uh, five out of ten. <clears throat> we gotta hike up my pants here and scratch the fuck out of the mic. Jesus. Um, and talk about <clears throat> what, what Walt's watching. Jason Statham must be getting old because he kept his shirt on for the entire film. He's he's in better shape than most of us 56-year-olds. 
but he'd have to be he'd have to be for the grueling schedule of stunts and fight scenes for the beekeeper. If you think this is a film about a mild-mannered apiarist, think again. The beekeepers are in fact a deadly group of assassins whose sole existence is devoted to keeping the order in society, just like some drone bees. It's time to expose the corruption that goes right to the queen bee and protect the hive. Jason plays a retired one who's pissed off. The worst kind of beekeeper, because his face is the last thing you'll ever see. The Beekeeper is a brutal movie that draws this 5'10 fighting machine, Adam Clay, similar to the name of the bassist from U2, out of retirement after a kindly neighbor loses millions to unscrupulous internet fraudsters. The neighbor is briefly played by Felicia Rashad, famously Bill Cosby's TV wife. While I'm name-dropping, Oscar winner Jeremy Irons unbelievably signed on on to top up his superannuation. Josh Hutcherson, The Hunger Games, is his evil son. Gemma Redgrave, Acting Dynasty, is Iron's ex, and Minnie Driver, as a CIA director, all collect paychecks from The Beekeeper. English actor Taylor James adopts a cocky, over-the-top South African accent to play legless mercenary Lazarus. Was Andy Serkis not available? Remember his white South African accent in Black Panther as Ulysses Claus. Goof, you see the parachute when a criminal fraudster is sent flying off a bridge chained to a pickup truck. Warning, the final chapter of this adventure movie hit 95 decibels. Just 10 minutes at this level can cause temporary hearing loss. Director David Ayer, Bright Suicide Squad, Keeps the action coming fast and strong in this brain-dead movie. Let's, and let's face it, sometimes you need a movie where very little thinking, logic, or reasoning is involved. And The Beekeeper falls into this category. The hackneyed, predictable, cliche-laden script helps the comatose moviegoer deal with the unrealistic ultraviolence on screen. Grab a tub of popcorn, a tall drink, and kick back for nearly two hours of vengeance when Statham goes full John Wick, Equalizer, and a hint of James Bond. Adam is here to chew gum and kick butt, and he's all out of gum. If you like one-man army flicks with corny B-related references trickling all over a sticky script, then <laughs> this action thriller is a keeper. Zero out of one found that helpful. I wonder why. <laughs> Solid. We love to yeah. hear. Sticky. It's a sticky script. <clears throat> sticky script. Yeah, that's uh, that is that is spotlighting it. Well, that was uh, the beekeeper. The bees um, have been kept. We we wish it well. Um hope it stays in theaters for a while really neck and neck with mean girls yeah um and following that up is uh wonka same spot from last week three 5.6 million dollars down 15 percent dropping out of a couple theaters uh worldwide take of wonka is 555 553 million dollars wow Great job. 
Blanca. We knew you could do Good. it. You... Really doing out here. Migration. Stuck at number four. Migration. 4.8 milli. Down 10%. Um, worldwide take is going to be $200 million. It's it's making its money back. Good Some, job, Somehow, migration. inexplicably, just by virtue of living forever in the theaters. You know, just like the the feral cat pawing through the snow of a of a dirty Maryland Baltimore Maryland street, uh, migration too can can survive through the winter. Uh, anyone you but from you. experience there, Jake. So, okay, my neighbor um, okay. has a cat, little old lady, bless her heart. Um, but there is, there's been a stray lurking around the neighborhood and, um, we just came back from vacation and I noticed the other day that she has a box with a little bed and a food dish, um, inside of it by her garden bed. And it's like, you are, got a bonus cat, just keeping them around. Like You better have, get one or both of them spayed or neutered cause they're going to fuck. So one of those cats is going to come home pregnant and then you're going to have five cats to deal with. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Well, and then she was like saying how she wants to call SBCA and I'm like, all right, good luck getting them out here. Sure. Yeah. Um, it sounds bad, but it's like at this point, they're just like, you gotta let them fend for themselves. They're a neighborhood. I was going to say they're a neighborhood cat. So if, I mean, if you leave food out, they'll be around. Do they look scroungy or mangy? I don't think so. Like, okay. I, but that's also because she's feeding them. I don't know how if it's put on weight because of that. Um, but there's not many cats around our neighborhood, so it's probably got pick of the litter for like garbage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Trash day is probably awesome for yeah. it. Um, but like, do you remember Alfred? Like the engineering buildings would always put out like a ton of cat food for like yes, the they, hundreds of Alfredian the cats. fucking the herds of stray cats in Alfred. <laughs> yeah, literally, we had mobs of them. I mean, like, there was a uh, there was a club. I remember um, during like the club meetings, there was always some girl trying to like get um, resources to like help out with uh, the stray cat problem. They were gonna build like stray cat catching things. Yes, and they were gonna take them and get them spayed and release like, them into the wild or adopt. I mean, them. that's better than that's better than nothing. Cause like there's. Like, with that many cats, I'm still surprised that there's any wildlife under the size of, like, a gopher anywhere in Alfred. Yeah. Right? Do birds, like, they're n- are Do small birds even exist in Alfred anymore? No. Are, do chipmunks live? It's just the crows. Yeah. Um, Coming in yeah. And to and fro from their fucking, their, uh, their shift work. You ever see crows clock in in the morning and they clock out? <laughs> you ever seen that where there's 50 yeah. fucking crows in at one tree and they're having a is debriefing? That, I was like, is that why the traffic's so bad? With all these fucking ravens at, in Baltimore? Yeah, fucking <laughs> those ravens in Baltimore. God damn uh, it, Edgar Allan Poe. You brought them here from your twisted Those country. ravens are no good. <laughs> Never more is what I say. Never no. more Super Bowls. Um, Sydney <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweeney stars in Anyone But You at number fives. Anyone week, But You going five. to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, she said, Anyone But You, Ravens. 
and Bills. Yep. Going to the Super oh, Bowl. Jake, it's got to be. It's got to be so disappointing for you. How do you Stings. feel right now? I feel. I feel rough. I feel really rough. I still haven't gotten over it. I still have the same acid reflux that I got that night, and I think yeah. I should go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on uh, the list. Anyone but yeah. you made four point six million worldwide take of one twenty eight. Good job, Sydney Sweeney. Yep. Now we're getting into movies that are doing things number wise. Um, We have, and we've got a lot of movies coming back. Like they're being re-released. I saw, I saw a re-release of Tenet this week in theaters. Like, like Tenet was coming back. Oh, weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it was like, there's going to be a palindromic year or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah, in six, poor things. 900 more theaters. This is either the wide release or the re-release. Um, but either way, it made 2.9 million this year. And it's coming in worldwide with 52 million. Pretty solid, pretty solid take. Um, sinking to the bottom. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, pulling out 2.7 million here. Um, looking big wise, like 413 million. Um, not the worst way to close out the, the era of the superhero franchises, at least for DC. Um, then in eighth, now this is the one I was taking. This is actually new because this in number eight is not Godzilla minus one. This is Godzilla minus one. Minus color, minus color, yeah. Where they re-released it in black and white as a special thing. Now I actually saw this movie. Oh. <laughs> Again, I went back a couple days ago so I could catch this because I I loved I liked the movie. I was like, oh cool, I'll watch this in the in the black and white. The black and white was good. I wouldn't. I'm glad that I saw it in color. I wouldn't if I had the option of one or the other. It definitely would be the one in color. This one is not superior. But I do like the extra vibes. It brings out... So the black and white definitely brought out the emotions and the acting. Um, and it really accentuated... They did a really good job of re-editing it to emphasize value. So the dark night is like pitch black, you know? The sunlight is shining and bright. And the the ener- the explosions and the lasers are blinding, you know? So it really takes those values and really extends that, really emphasizes the dynamic range, even if, you know, the um, the colors are not there. Um, hmm. So I think it's a very good companion to it. It was great. It was a great way to watch it again. Because I would not have gone back. Like, I, I like this movie, but I would not have gone back to see it on its own just because I have other things to do. But this one was enough of a new thing. Uh, where I'm, I'll go, and for them too, it's like it's gravy. They're like, okay, we have we have to put in a week of you know a couple weeks of editing to re you know tweak the knobs as we change it to black and white, and we'll re-release it for even more money. So, look forward to probably in six months the I'm I would hope they would release as a Blu-ray collection, like a two-disc Blu-ray collection special edition, right? The color and the minus color. Um, and again, great movie. Go watch it. It's in theaters. You're not missing out. You're not missing out if this is 
if you see this first before seeing it in color. Hmm. That being said, it may, counting it as part of the Godzilla minus one, 2.7 million flat for a worldwide total of 105.1 million off of a $15 million budget. I will emphasize this one more time. That is fucking swimming in profit. Oh, yeah. Um, like the, like, oh, Night Swim and Boys in the Boat. They're, oh, they're two down, but not like American fiction. Um, probably a good movie, but, uh, 12 million domestic and no worldwide release. So just ninth, um, up from 12th. So this was the wide release. It's, it's in theaters. Go catch it now before it slips away. Uh, and then finally, rounding it out, uh, Night Swim. They outlived the boys in the boat. The boys sunk and the swim floated. That that makes sense. Um, uh, domestic, uh, this week it made $2 million, just a little over $2 million, for a worldwide total of $42 million, $41.8 million. Um, I'm sure, again, I, this was probably a dirt cheap movie to make. As we were saying, it's a pool and like five <clears throat> actors. <laughs> yeah, right. And in the some, house. Yeah. So good for Universal Pictures. Good job. Um, the dropouts this week, just quickly, are Boys on the Boat and ISS. We talked about ISS last week and reviewed how it was a great premise squandered by what actually happens in the movie. Wah wah. And oh, wow. ISS already came out? Yeah. Wow. It came out, it ran through its whole run, and it just it, it fell back to Earth very quickly. Wow. I didn't, they're not having like a, well, it's in, it's in 2,500 theaters, so it's not like it's a limited release. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Big yikes. Wow. But that's the follow-up, and that's how it goes in the follow-up. That's the way the cookie crumbles. The way the cookie crumbles. Um... Yeah, so now we got to talk about them video games, um, video game news, news about yeah. video games, and you, yeah, if so I don't know if you want to go first or I want to go first. Uh, sure. Let's take let's away. Do the news. Let's do the news first, um, and then I'll do a pal world kind of breakdown towards the end. Um, so we had uh the Sony uh what is it state of play? Is what they call their thing. Uh, their mm-hmm. yearly kind of uh, video game announcement. Um, and <clears throat> they got like some Final Fantasy Rebirth stuff. Um, but the big thing that everyone was talking about, I think mostly was the uh, Kojima game. Uh, Death Stranding 2. Yes. Um, interesting. Okay, so like all joking aside, Death Stranding 1 came out and everybody was like, oh, Oh, he's so genius. But then people played it, and I don't think anybody enjoyed it that well. Maybe the storyline. So I do have coworkers who are very big fans of Death Stranding. Hideo Kojima is weird. Hideo Kojima, like I, I know Kurt's talked about this before, where he wants to be a film director and movie director first, foremost, and then like kind of video game director second. Right, and because of this, his games tend to fall into a little bit more the movie category, where like if you take all the cutscenes, they probably equal like a movie, 
And yeah. I think Death Stranding was like that, where it's very heavy on the story that's just told to you. And you are be- it's a parcel delivery service game. Like you're mm-hmm. it's a big old walking it's the yeah. it's the high tech walking simulator. Yeah, and you can you can like traverse the landscape in unique ways, I guess, and it's as you level up or go through the game, you get different ways of traversing the landscape, and that's the gameplay. There's not much to it. Yeah. You know? To me, that doesn't sound like a great game. If you are really heavy-handed on story, and that's your main thing, and it's a perfect story, then then, it doesn't necessarily mean your game is that great. I don't think it's a very good game at all. Just make it a movie, in that case. <laughs> um, but, whatever. It's... Um, it re- Oh, it does appeal to. This is gonna. It's gonna have the same thing as like with when uh, No Man's Sky came out, where a lot of people did not like it, but seemingly it appealed to a very specific subset of people very much. Yeah. And I think this is going to be better in this case because in the case of No Man's Sky, it became more like what a lot of what most people wanted it to be. Uh, but for those folks who really liked it for what it was at the beginning. Um, it lost that charm. So having this as a second game, Death Stranding 2, that's mo- a little more mainstream in terms of its mechanics, seemingly. Because uh, they show it, there's actual guns in it this time. The, um, one of the first not, things Not the piss pistols. About, yeah, one of the first things they talk about in this is, here's the armory where all your guns are. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so... But... The trailer was so yeah. Huge. Well, I guess to my point. Sorry, before we go, just the people who liked it, who liked the first one, can still just play the first one. And if this one's not to their taste, they'll still have Death Stranding one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so the, the, there's a trailer out here. A trailer that is nine minutes and forty one seconds long. Yeah. Take that in. That's a. It's and it's not quite like a it's not like a movie or a feature a little little mini film. It's just sort of like a meandering kind of things happen. Yeah, well, I don't know what happens in Death Stranding once, so I don't know where they're leaving off. Are these references to other people? Because like his brother comes in at some point. Um, mm-hmm. but like, okay, aside from all that. I I like the world building that they're doing. The world building is kind of neat, with like the post-apocalyptic U.S. Um, trying to like tie together different countries or different like um, groups. I don't. I still don't know what the danger is at the outside. I don't know why humans are going extinct. So um, I can fill I still in don't know a, what the baby is. I can fill you in on all this stuff because I know a little bit about this game. Okay. So. Uh, if I remember correctly, humans learned how to get into the afterlife. They learned how to get into the uh, after you die, which is it's represented in the game as a beach. Like it's gotcha. the the sea is the afterworld and the land is that life. So the beach is the middle round. And that's why it's the I've, death I've stranding because you get stranded on the beach. Um, oh. But doing that because it's Kojima life and death are matter and antimatter. And when a matter and antimatter come together, a giant fucking nuclear bomb goes off. So anything that died turned into a giant explosion. And naturally, that caused more things to die. 
and there's a giant chain reaction that destroyed most of the world called the Death Stranding. So, as what it it's all to explain a lot of the mechanics. Like, you can't kill anyone in Death Stranding because if you let them sit for like five minutes after they die, then you get a game over. You have to pick up their body and bring them to an incinerator at, at a nearby and like carry their dead body. So, you can't, like, you really do not want to kill people in this game. Um, so, your, your job is to rebuild America and reconnect everyone because no one wants to be next to each other because <laughs> if someone dies next to you, big boom. Yeah. Um, so, they're all connected by the internet and everyone's sad because they're fucking isolated and shit. So, your job is to build the bridges to connect America back together again. Um, little babies, little babies who are still in the womb because they're not alive yet. They're not like in the mortal realm, so they can see the ghosts and the the dead things that are kind of floating around and all around you. Oh, so you okay. can't see the goop monsters unless you have a baby connected up to like a camera. This, which is the the fucking which thingy, is the, the flashing thingy. Yeah. yeah. So the baby lets him see the things. Oh. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot more lore, and he does Kojima yeah, yeah. things with it. But that's yeah. that's the idea. Is okay. All right, that that ties some things together. And if you I noticed, like one of the details was when they're on the ship, they were like they they look like they were blue, right? Color blue. Yeah. That's how people look when they're dead in the game, like when they're on the beach. So presumably they were both Sam and Quiet or Fragile were both dead at the time of having that conversation they were they were in the dead world because mm-hmm. sam's ability is that he can't die like when he dies he just comes back to life hmm. that's why he's a little special guy oh, okay. yeah. yeah so now they're in mexico and they're gonna do it in mexico but he gets guns oh, yeah. now yeah so that's i mean lots of death stranding things Lots of lots of stuff. Um, you get to see natural disasters destroying the chiral network things, which was like that's big because I don't think you could do that in the first one. When you built something, it stayed built, but in this one, the, the bridge like came down, so it's the biggest challenge yet. And, and but again, that trailer was just like just shit was just happening for like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it looks really good, but it's a cinematic for a showcase thing. I'm sure this is what it's going to look like in the game, though. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think this is similar to what we've seen with other uh, Death Stranding content. Um, the cinematics are really solid. Yep. Love that. Love that mocap. So, yeah, yeah. there's and there's a lot of other games, but that was the big one. Uh, the other The other one that was being touted was the Sonic... X Shadow Generations. Are you ready for Green Hill Zone again? Oh yeah, guys are bringing back Green Hill Zone. Oh, it's like yeah, it's yes. like the it's like from Sonic One. Oh, and, and Sonic Generations back. and Sonic Origins and he, Sonic Frontiers gun, and Sonic Four and Sonic Forces and Sonic Mania. Wow, <laughs> it's back. I need more. I need more Green Hill Zone. Um, yeah, so, like, Shadow's in it. I don't know if they're doing Shadow levels from Shadow the Hedgehog. Or not. I don't know. I saw the Dark Star, which was the evil alien, Satan alien, from from Shadow the Hedgehog. So, 
He doesn't pull out a gun in this one, though, which I'm sad. I want... That's my main uh, reference for Sonic the Hedgehog. I want Shadow to bring out his pump-action MG40. <laughs> his pump-action machine yeah. gun. <laughs> I love that. Did you see that clip where they, like... He like twist like they show the close up of that animation where he's got he's got an M forty and he's like pump action then twist it. He's like he's got put a, the clip in, slap it on the side. It's like what is, what is gun your, is this? What are you doing? Your government issued bop it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, out of the edge. Um, those were the two big ones that I cared about. There are a bunch of other ones because it was a state of play, so everyone wants the PS five yeah, has of, games now. Yeah, there there was a lot of indie stuff that came out. I think as well, smaller games that people were going gooing and gone. A uh, Final Fat Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth, something. Another yeah, was probably the, the next chapter. One. Yeah, something. There was a remaster of that or some of that. Um, so people were hyped about that. Um, I'm just scrolling through here to see if there's anything else um, major. Um, as for like games that came out uh, recently, uh, Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League came out. Oh yeah, uh, with a um, a fart. Yeah, and it had. So you pay extra for early access, right? And you can't you access like, that early access. You pay like thirty bucks for early access. People started playing it, and they had this bug where it would instantly drop you in the end game. Yeah, or it marked your story as being complete. Yeah. So you had all this endgame loot. Um, I don't know if there was like spoilers that people got during it, but um, oh well. Tough cookies. So they found this out within a few hours. Uh, people couldn't play early access, and then they had to like shut it down. So people who paid for it ahead of time just could not play their early access game. I don't know if they were able to by giving players a pat on the back and twenty. Yeah, they got they gave them twenty dollars worth of premium currency. So I guess that's in-game currency. They'll Good keep job. they'll keep the whales in. Yeah, nice. So but, that's cool. Yeah, Good for them. Um, uh, otherwise, uh, they announced like um, the first DLC that's going to come out. It's going to be the Joker. You can play as a Joker. Um, I guess he replaces Harley Quinn or something like that. Okay. Uh, the game looks fine. Yeah, it looks, heard, it like, looks interesting. I've heard okay things about it. There's nothing like majorly wrong except for the the launch was kind of touchy. Um, so yeah, that's that was kind of that. And then um, if we wanted, we can jump into Pale World stuff. Sure, I was my thing was gonna be the the new president of Blizzard, Joanna F- uh, Far- Faris. Mm-hmm. Um, I people were a little skeptical. Because she was, uh, I think she did. Uh, she she's not really familiar with World of Warcraft, where Mikey Barra kind of was. Yeah. Um. So people are like, I don't know. You lost a really good employee. You let go a really dedicated employee, and you brought someone on who's not familiar with the game. This doesn't bode well for such a developed pro- a, an in depth product as World of Warcraft. Yeah. Speaking of something in similar vein, um, this is a rumor, so I don't take it with a grain of salt or look into it more. Uh, looks like Wizards of the Coast is um, trying to sell off D&D. As a I'd, I'd believe it. And 
they were looking at Tencent to sell it to. So, um, not great. Yeah. Not super happy about that. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't well, want to jump to I, conclusions. It'll be interesting. Like, would you ever see D&D becoming owned by no one? Like, just no one... It's just a community thing. Like, an entire homebrew community I mean, takes over that's D&D. Kinda, that's kind of how it was before... Um, they did didn't they do something weird with like their copyright? Yeah, that was the that was the whole I mean, thing that got the whole fucking community up in arms was that like you couldn't make content about D and D. A lot of their product like... and a lot of their content updates were basically community driven. Um, and that's probably why they community want to driven sell it. for a profit. But it was like accessories. It was art. It was uh, um, uh, figurines, books. A lot of that was just taken from the open source license that they had, um, and the the, the kind of like the hey, just take our content. We don't care. It's all like free promotion for for what we care, um, and we'll come out with our whatever handbook or expansion uh, that we have like in plans already. Because I mean, like D and D as a service or as a game doesn't really change too much. Once every f- few years. Um, mm-hmm. they come out with a new revision to the rules. Um, and really don't do it that often. So it's not like they're as a money maker. Like, I don't know how much money D and D is really raking in. So maybe that's also why they want to get rid of it. I I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's different avenues of like the D and D Beyond, which I know they partner with. They they make money off that. Which is an online service and a subscription service that you can get um, to like have your characters and have your rule books online, um, but then you have physical rule books and you know it, it's. I think their money maker is so. more about getting new players into D and D and having them make those initial buys in the player handbooks. Yep, dungeon master guides. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's where they should be putting their efforts towards. But whatever. Um, Let's talk yeah, about Pale World. Pale World. Um, I don't know how much you guys talked about it last week. Pale World hit the airwaves mm-hmm. with a boom. Um, it was announced a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago, um, kind of being like a spoof. Seemed like a spoof on Pokemon. Uh, and we didn't really know too much about it. We knew you could like build a fort, and mm-hmm. um, you could capture these Pokemon-looking things with a ball. And you could have them fight people for you, and you could also have them shoot guns, and you could shoot them with guns. That was the major selling point. It was Pokemon with guns, and then we didn't hear about it. And then it dropped. <laughs> Seemingly out of nowhere, it dropped. <laughs> and mm-hmm. boy, did it drop hard, yep. because people bought it fast. And it instantly went on sale. It was like 4 or $5 off. Um, I mm. picked it up. I've been playing yeah. it. I will be playing it tonight. It's very fun. Um, we'll talk about the controversy re- real quick. Sure. There, we talked n- about... There's been no- well, Kurt and I talked about last week the, the statement Nintendo released. That gotcha. was, please don't. Like, we'll we'll sue you if, if you know, if it happens. You know, we'll, we'll find something. But don't... Until then, don't spam us with shit about how this is a ripoff. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll take care of it yeah. ourselves. 
Um, and so yeah, that. Meanwhile, as Sorry, Palworld is trying to deflect uh, some of the bigger accusations that came across, like he directly stole some of the models. It's like they didn't. As far as they claim, like the person who was claiming that they actually just took like actual Pokemon model data and repurposed it for for pals, um, that claim seems to be false. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person who put out the claim uh, retracted their statement, I think, and um, apologized. Um, there has been no like concrete evidence other than just speculation and um, seemingly circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. And, but, but even if you were to say, you know, they took inspiration from Pokemon, that's certainly not grounds for copyright. You also can't like bash a company for taking co- like inspiration from a, another popular thing. That is what the game industry, I feel like, has been doing for ages and mm-hmm. nobody's called out. Battlefield or Call of Duty or any yeah. of these FPS shooters even, even, for any of that? Yeah, even in Japanese media, are we going to look at the entire isekai genre mm-hmm. and say that copyright uh, is going to catch PAL world for being too similar? Yeah, no, I it, it's not going to happen. It, it really isn't. Um, uh, but into, into the actual game. So what is the game? The game is a amalgamation of a lot of really popular games, Pokemon being one of them. Um, another, some of the other ones, uh, people relate it to Ark. Uh, people compare it a lot to um, like Minecraft or uh, there was another building survival game out there. Ark. Uh, the, um, yeah, Ark. Uh, that's what I said. Ark. Um, oh, okay. Ark is one of them. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. It was another really famous like survival esque game. Rust, um, hmm. the Maybe. forest, min mi- mining, crafting, yeah, harvesting so, moon. <laughs> so Factory, it, they yeah. take a, they take a lot of inspiration from I think mainly art in terms of like the the base building and then what you can do. Um, weirdly enough, takes some inspiration from Elden Ring and the Dark Souls genre in terms of the combat style. I saw the horse double. I saw the horse pal double jump, and I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. I see." So they got they got your your elk deer, elk deer um, that can double jump. You can ride your mounts. Um, there's more stuff to that. Like you, you're, all your pals have like an, a special ability. Um, some require equipment to use. Like you can build your. I think it's called a Tanzine. It's a little ch- monkey Pokemon, monkey mm-hmm. pal. And you can build it an assault rifle, and you can have it shoot yeah. other things. It, That's pretty cool. It seems like the guns are like a lot of the guns are applicable with a specific pal, right? Like the Buzz guy, he gets the minigun, and the Chipmunk yeah. gets the AK, and he rides around your head. So those are some earlier game stuff. Guns don't come into play until like level twenty five, and that takes a long time yeah. to get there. Dunky, your first gun is he riffed on yeah. that in his video where it's like he showed like it takes a while to get guns in yeah. the mix. It's kind of funny, like it's a game advertised, or at least the way they've been advertising it is is Pokemon with guns. You don't get a gun until way later in the game. These are late game items that you can get. You're using a bow and a club for the majority of the game, or at least mm. the beginning of the game. Um, you do speed through some of it. It it, it does a good job of like um, tutorial wise, like getting you to do the bulk of it, uh, which is fun. But 
Yeah. So then there's other elements of like using your pals as a workforce in your base and putting them to work. Uh, you could either be mean to them or you could be nice to them. Uh, you can make an assembly line and make them work all day and night. Um, it gets really dark with some of the stuff that you can do. You can butcher some of them and eat them if you don't want them anymore. Um, you can even capture humans. Yep. Um, you can sell them on the black market. Uh, you can sell humans on the black market, so there is human trafficking. Morality is, is not at play in Power World. Yeah, it goes wild. You just shoot a, a land Pokemon in the face and you'll be done with it. And that's it's... great. You know, you can do whatever you want in this game. There's a lot of different stuff for it. Um, uh, I have been having a lot of fun with it. I will move on to my criticisms of the mm-hmm. game. There's not really a storyline. Yeah. So don't go into this game looking for like a story. Um, it is a lot of grinding, so just be prepared for that. But a lot of the grinding, depending on how you do it, you can kind of AFK for it. So you don't really need to be there. You can let your pals do the mm-hmm. bulk of it. You can get your base to kind of a self-sustaining uh, method. But you it does take a lot of like hands-on work to like upgrade the base and, and get your workforce kind of optimized. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last final critique is I'm not a big fan on the multiplayer system. I was going to ask, does it have, what's the multiplayer like? So I, I have two characters. Um, one character is on one a world that I created that I can join whenever it is. I can open it up to multiplayer and have people join my server. Um, but I do not have to. And for the majority of the time, I do not have anybody playing with me um, because I feel that them playing or their experience is not as fun because I play on my friend's server and he made a server for a bunch of different people. Um, and it's not as enjoyable, I think, as I think playing solo is, but it's nice to like start over new and you can have mm-hmm. like rival guilds or like... Um, cooperating guilds um but the lag is kind of nutty uh it's night and day difference between like a multiplayer lag um people can you can buy a server i think that is better um has better bandwidth but the servers that are free to use um for multiplayer they are kind of shitty really not optimized um yeah and i guess from what i've heard the uh xbox game pass is even worse with stuff like that so yeah. Okay. Well, they'll put it under. They'll call it and say it's a symptom of being early access, and they'll fix it you whenever they decide to. For a game that is technically like early access or like just come out, excellent job. It runs well. It runs great. Unreal Engine is fantastic for it. Um, I think with it, like normally, like not multiplayer, anything like that, it runs smooth as shit. No problems with that. Um, and there's a lot to the environment, too. There's a lot of stuff you can do. So there's a lot of things going on that I think they did a great job with. And uh, the one the one kind of um, thing I'll end on is everybody does compare it to Pokemon because that's the closest game it's like. I hope this gives a swift kick in the ass to Nintendo and Game Freak showing them what their consumer base wants 
and is going to start expecting mm-hmm. out of a video game. Now I understand Baldur's Gate come out comes out and it's like don't expect every game to yeah. be like this. They spent years on it where Game Freak has to spend, you know, only a couple years on a game or whatever. But damn. This game this is the Pokemon game that we deserve. Like take out whatever all the over the 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 R-rated stuff or at least teen-rated stuff you want from Pale World um, and just swap it out with Pokemon stuff. Throw in gym leaders, throw in a storyline, some NPCs, and make it on an engine that actually can run. Um, at the same time, upgrade your system. Your console's kind of shitty. So yeah, uh, I, I really hope this makes Nintendo and Game Freak kind of up their game to compete with with other other companies we can only hope yeah Yeah. so all right that's palling around with the world and now we're gonna own our league we're barring harvey and peaching our peaches i don't know there we go um we got them the peaches Welcome, the Peaches. I gotta pull up the uh, IMDb. Yeah. So the first thing I should say about this is this is a stacked ass cast. They bumped the best talent of the '90s. A lot of top talent here in it. We've got we've got prime of his career, um, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got fucking Madonna got rosie like popular oh, 90s rosie o'donnell oh i didn't realize that was madonna yeah <laughs> yeah we got gina davis like fucking smoke showing the shit out of this movie yeah like these were these were top actors and even like megan cavanaugh she was marla in this and i was like Wait a second, I fucking know. I know her from from fucking uh Men in Tights and I was correct. She was oh. in Men in Tights. She was in a she Megan Cavanaugh was in a bunch of stuff. Um she did she was the voice of Jimmy's mom on Jimmy Neutron. Oh wow. She was in like all the popular um sitcoms. Hmm. Like she was like so she's like a really prolific voice actor. In a lot of like top projects, so like fucking um, Winks, Jim, like I said, Jimmy Neutron, EverQuest. Uh, she was doing some of the voices for fucking in some of the voices in Star Trek. She was she was in Thumb Wars. She did, she did one of the voices in fucking Thumb Wars. Yeah, yeah, huge nineties cast. I mean, um, Laurie Petty is the other. Uh, yep. kind of bigger name. Uh, I'm not not sure what um, current stuff she's in, but she was in Free Willy, Point Break, Tank Girl, yep. Lot lot of '90s movies. Um, and I'm I'm sure she's got some, yeah, some some deals going on now with some some stuff. It's just some voice work. Yep. But yeah, and- yeah, stack cast, really good cast. Um, and and I I haven't. I didn't read up on anything with like the what did they make a show or something? Yes, like that? there is a six there's a six episode TV show or something like oh, that. Like how, a, 
a one season TV show that came out after the movie. How could we forget probably my favorite character who is only in there for a small bit, John Lovitz. Yes. John Lovitz. Yeah. I don't know if these were cameos or what, but John Lovitz was like in there for a, a spell. And then Bill Pullman yes. was the husband he... of Dottie. And he was in there for like, what, a minute? Yeah, like five <laughs> minutes. Like, like he had two scenes. He doesn't even, like, he, he barely back. says any lines. Yeah. And it's like young Bill Pullman, like, top of his career. And just jumps in there. So I was like, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yep. Don Davis. Fucking Don Davis is the the other coach. The other baseball coach. Oh. He's okay. in... I, I I love Don Davis. He's in a lot of great shit. Most notably, Stargate. He is General Hammond in Stargate. Oh, where yeah. He, shit. He fucking kicks asses that shit. He was in, oh, yeah. in Twin Be- Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, He's done a lot of other stuff, too. Um. Yeah. So good shit, good shit all around. Um, like we said, great score. The, I hear knowing that it was Hans Zimmer doing the score. Like I listened with that in mind, where I was like, "Oh, okay, this is actually kind of a modern type of score." Like it's the actual arrangement. Not, the arrangement is very modern, but the the um, instrumentation is like classic forties. But it's it's very like a little more abstract. It's not just like a traditional like. It's not like a John Williams type of uh, score, which I think was really interesting. Where to like think about the main recurring theme of the movie, like the musical theme. It's like very frantic and it's like very high energy. Um, and it's not really yeah. like a fanfare or anything. Um, so I was like, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Um, and and the the story itself, it was it was really nice i think so off the off the rip i'll say one thing that i will temper this with one one criticism that the movie's a little obvious it's 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 on the nose for sure yeah um which given its context i'm this was probably just a big i went i don't know when let's see what when this came out so this feels like a big summer, everyone go see it kind of movie. You know? Like, this is the all ages, just go see the movie. We're not gonna, we're not gonna try and s- snot it up or, you know, snob it up. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just here. Um, when did it release? A League of Their Own. When did you come out, my friend? 92. When in 92? Oh. It came out in July, yeah. So perfect summer movie about baseball. All your favorite '90s celebrities, um, just just chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you say on the nose, you mean like, like there's like, not a oh, lot of you know their subtle themes. You know them. It's just like women playing baseball. They're gonna play. like oh like, oh they're gonna get over. Se- they're gonna get sexualized and like they're. Mm-hmm. They're put in dresses in the beginning and expected to play in that. And then yeah, they're kind of dismissed towards the end of it. And then um, yeah, and there's there there there's gonna be multiple scenes where people are gonna laugh at them for being haha women doing women shit. And then they're gonna do something and then they earn their the respect to yeah. shock them. Yeah, and earn their yeah yeah. Um, it, yeah, I mean that that's a trope for sure that I think they they play on a little bit. Secret thing though, pretty heavily on here. 
So here's the here's some really cool trivia. All right, so I mean this is very basic trivia, but like I should mm-hmm. bring it up. Um, people are all very. There's a lot of praise going around for Greta Gerwig for Barbie, right? Mm-hmm. The director of this is another female director, Penny Marshall. Oh yeah. Which I I, oh. I will take I'll take any chance to highlight female directors because. It don't. It doesn't seem like we get a lot of. They get a lot of traction, especially modern, yeah, nowadays. Known, she unfortunately passed away in 2018. Uh, yeah, so. she's dead. Um, known for word up. Known for big. Known for this. Known for some. Uh, she did some Laverne and Shirley. Tom. Um, I don't know if she did all of it. Or two Tom did. Hanks classics. Yeah. Um. Let me. Oh, she did. She directed a, a couple episodes of Sam and Cat. Wow. Nickelodeon. <laughs> so, yeah, so she was uh, she was Laverne on Laverne and Shirley. Okay. Oh, she was Laverne? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she sorry. probably directed, I mean, she probably I directed just, some episodes, too. You know, they do I that. I was expecting her to be, like, just the director of that. Um, no, there's, yeah, good, good shit. Um, so props, big ups and respect. Um, yeah. So uh, like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little simple, but that's fine. It's a, it's an all American baseball story. It's, I'm not really asking for much more, you know? You know, I kind of, I, I, okay. So I, I don't know if I'm, I'm digging too deep into it. I get it though. I, I can sense her, um, not to be like, on the nose about this, but like her feminine touch to, um, directing a, uh, you know, majority women cast about a women's baseball team. Um, who, by the way, we are the best people to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. I no, but uh, there, there was things that stood out to me. Um, little, little stuff like, um, you know, when the, having the understanding to know, that the time where this was shot in the 1940s, uh, or when this was not shot, but when this was taking place in the 1940s, you have all these women who are being told to go into the workforce. They were mainly stay-at-home moms. They were kitchen moms. They talked about this mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and they're supposed to be put out into the workforce, and then when the men come back, they're supposed to go right back. That's the, the understanding. Yeah. Um, however, there's some learning curves getting into this workforce you have women who were never taught to read and there's simple things like that that you don't think about and there was a scene where the after the tryouts where one of the women was trying to find her name on the paper and couldn't find it because she can't read and the 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 coach was just confused her saying hey you're cut you're cut just dismissing her and not thinking about the possibility that maybe she can't read, but it took one of the other women to go up. And what a and that was a, a great little performance with... too. Like it's very obvious. You can see that like the she was she was confused. Like she didn't like she didn't want to say anything because she wasn't she. She was confused. She was ashamed. embarrassed. Yeah, she was ashamed. She was like she didn't want to admit that she can't read in front of everybody, but just the simple tact and like. Like that grounded you know, moment of one of the other women coming over and be like, "Hey, let's, we'll, you know, we're in this together. Let's the, find the, this." Yeah, the women helping women kind of message in this, um, and and I guess kind of the overarching um, the arc for Dottie 
of like wanting to be in baseball because of the team, not mm. because of the sport mainly, but more, mainly because she she loves the people that she plays with. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, and wants I to and is... is just ready to embrace the uh, traditional uh, role of the wife that she that yeah. she felt like she wanted to do all the time. And she was totally fine with that. She wanted a family. Yeah. It's she loved her husband. Yeah. While the yeah, so while the while some of the plot the writing is a little obvious, this also is one of the better one of the really good uh, really good grounded depictions of of women's experiences. I would say, like mm-hmm. I, I really got the sense that this was, you know, these are very close to probably what attitudes were at the time, um, and I think it was a really great idea to start out how it did, where this was the same this was the same. Uh, this this shares so much with Saving Private Ryan. Like, by so much, I mean Tom Hanks, Hans Zimmer, and a framing <laughs> device being set far of in the, the future. Of the World War II. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has the same oh, framing yeah, device. That's right. Where that's right. Yeah. She's. It starts out with Dottie as a, as uh, an old lady, and she goes she she goes to Cooperstown to um go see the induction of the the women's all-american baseball league and i what a great intro because like first it establishes like this is a big thing what you're about to see like it it hypes you up like they're going to cooperstown so what happened here was big they did something big and you don't know who she is or who relations are she goes in she sees these i think for the older actresses they actually had i'm i want to guess like actual women's baseball players i i would not be surprised or or old either women's baseball players or uh actors or you know Mm. i i honestly don't know um but whatever they were they did a that was a great scene i i like how this is also a very 90s thing where they just didn't they didn't like there was not a lot of like glammed up depictions of the of women in this Oh yeah. Except yeah. for those no, who no, wanted no. to be. Like Madonna yeah. and um uh Gina Davis. Like, yes, they were like they were glamorous, they were show stopping, right? But every woman had a, they had their own style, right? It was all like there's the actual the diversity of of presentation and, you know, self expression there. It was great. So I like Again, just really good like um, immersion as they take you into the past here, and wonderful little lighthearted story. Lots of gag, lots of jokes, lots of lighthearted stuff, lots of heavy things. I like the sibling rivalry aspect. That was a great through uh, line for this. They- IMDb trivia says the characters of the Baseball Hall of Fame and seen playing as the credits roll, are real original players from the league That's, portrayed in the film. That is absolutely what I thought. I'm like, I, I watched them play, I'm like, yeah, no, they would have actually gotten the... Because this was dedicated to those players. So I it did not surprise me at all that if they just wanted them to be out there playing, just go here, you know how to play, <laughs> go play a game. And they, I, yeah, so I guess that really makes sense to me. And it's a, it was a great yeah. choice for including them for adding a, a little realism. Um, you know, and not to get, not to get like too preachy, but like, I, I think this, this movie is a really good depiction of like how you can insert 
feminism and like a feminist message into a movie without being like over the top and preachy mm-hmm. and like putting down men. Because yeah. oftentimes you see um, ideas and depictions of feminism as putting down men to prop up another. And that doesn't really get you that far. It's kind of a net. net who is um, who is Mystique in the the new X Men series, like the Days of Future Past? Oh, um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I just I just think of fucking this versus like Jennifer Lawrence talking to, um, whoever plays Professor X, and she's like, "It's called the X Men, but the women are doing everything around here." I'm just like. Just like oh god oh yeah and it's just and like, it's like so that, it's so cynical and so you compare that snide. to like to like some of the the empowering messages of of this movie um and what they do what they accomplish um kind of the hurdles that they over they overcome while still maintaining like a sense of dignity i would almost say of like mm-hmm. You know they're not they're not ashamed to go back like Dottie, right? Best player on the team, not ashamed to leave the baseball scene. Doing what she wants to, to do, go back yeah. to what she originally wanted to do, which was be the stay-at-home mom, have a big family, mm-hmm. have the you know go back to the farm. But that's what she wanted to do. Yeah, like, and the fact that she couldn't control her husband going away and getting like drafted to World War Two, mm-hmm. but now that she. Did you know she found things to pass and, her time and baseball was that thing? Yeah, and Kit in the you know the the sibling rivalry where she takes the opposite path where she keeps and she goes to play, and she has a great career. And okay, here's here's one one thing, to, not to jump right on it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean we're like we're in spoilers. Um, we're talking about stuff here. So so Kit, okay, so Kit wanted to at the end of the movie, Kit wanted to continue playing baseball while her sister went home to have babies and get married and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. In the end of the movie, she come, didn't Kit Kit showed up with all the kids. With a gaggle. With a gaggle of kids. And you only see one of Dottie's kids. It's like well, maybe that's just how it went. I thought that was that was a cute little uh, well, like a it, little a fun little irony. You know? Well maybe it maybe it is, you know, kind of you know, Kit was right. And well maybe also Kit was younger where Kit was saying Hey, you have your whole life to have kids. Not your whole life, but you have years to have kids. You know, you may only have five more years of baseball in you. Right. Until you start to lose your, you know, some of the younger athletes are, are better than you. So you, you can have your kids after that. I, I don't know if they ever went by their ages um, in this. I don't think so. Um, but we're assuming young because it's back. Yeah, the they're, they're in their early 20s. They're all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their their professional athletes, right? You're joining in your twenties, so and probably what happened—not to assume, but probably what happened was either Dottie had issues um, having kids, or was fine with one or two, um, and only had you know the couple kids mm-hmm. until she said, "Okay, this is enough. We we don't. I maybe I don't want as many as I I had. You know, this is enough." That happens. That happens. People come into an expectation, and they, you know, when they actually have the kid, which is mm-hmm. a major difference, um, changes their perspective. Yeah. Um, I and, and and maybe Kit had the opposite reaction. Maybe she said, "Oh, I'm only gonna have one or two, and then, or I'm only gonna have one." She found she really um, liked, it. and then she like loves the, it, and then just kept having kids. Yeah. 
Um, and maybe you see a little bit at the end, right, where she's she's signing autographs and she's like, go, you know, get dirty, go play hard, you know, like trying to inspire the next generation. I I like the 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 way all the little scenes are produced. Like this could the thing is this could have been another half an hour. I really think that because there's a lot of scenes that feel a little truncated to kind of you got to get through stuff. Like the the third act, the final act comes on pretty quick. Um, you yeah. could that's I see why they wanted to give this a TV show because there's a lot of development here to to do because it's a huge ensemble cast, but. Regardless, I love, I like, I, I really like the way the scenes are set up. It feels like how someone would tell stories, right? It's, you know, I could almost hear like the voice in my head of a narrator saying like, yeah, we had to wear a dress in those days. And when you slid, you got a road rash the size of size of your head, you know? And, and as I'm watching the scene where like they, she hikes up her skirt and it's a giant fucking scar there. They, they have to put ice on it. You know, it's just those little, you know, it captures all the little moments. It's them on the bus, you know, and one, you know, one of the players just has a snotty kid that they all had to deal with. And he, it's like those things that are like burned into your memory. You know, it was, you know, it's the, it's the sneaking out to the dance party. It's, you know, the, the tough games. It's, you know, being at the pitch at the batting box and the coach and the person who's been standing in for the coach are giving you exactly the opposite signals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it um, just feels like it feels like a series of memories of vignettes. Well, this movie covered a lot. It really did. It was two hours, but it, it, I I definitely see where where you're coming from. It could, it could have gone a little bit longer and not have felt one. It was paced very well. Yes, I, I don't. I think it was done very well. It was directed very well, and it was it was written very well, um, to where it did not feel like it was two hours long. Um, and I think if it had an extra thirty minutes, you wouldn't mind it. One because the characters were enjoyable, so you enjoyed watching them, mm-hmm. and two because it just kept moving, kept you know bumping you along. Yep. Um, and this did cover a lot. I mean, it started from ground zero. A beginning of the league, and it went to the World Series, an entire season of of baseball in one, and the stories along the way, mm-hmm. from all the way from tryouts to World Series, um, and that's and that's pretty impressive to to accomplish in a movie to tell that story, to have the the arcs, the mm-hmm. peaks and valleys of the characters, um, and you have a lot of characters too. That you kind of have to flesh out. Now, certain some of them might not have been as fleshed out as it could have been. They might have been a little bit one note. Yeah, which is fine. I, like Marla, um, like she kind of disappears halfway into the movie. Yeah, because I, I think just, I think you started, they did everything like, they could with her. Yeah, and, and and the 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 baseball player with the with the son. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just it, it just says one bit, and um, after that, it's it, it kind of just repeated yeah. a little bit over and over again. And that's fine. That's fine. Not if, everyone if can have equal prominence in the story. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the main, I think the main characters, Kit and Dottie, were were definitely yep. fleshed out pretty well, and they had their their trials and tribulations to go through, yep. and and it, and it helped the movie overall develop. We can't not so. talk about Jimmy Dugan. Tom Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan. The I don't. How did Tom Hanks get his like rep as like America's like 
sweetheart, you know, like sparkling, you know, sugar and rainbows it's, persona when every role so he plays is him being an asshole. It is really funny because it's you know <laughs> Tom Hanks of like like of um uh, what? of saving private Ryan of like shooting Nazis and having mm-hmm. this gruff persona even though he's a he's a he's a good guy um you know he he's just he's doing morally great yeah. things um he's a and then you have this one where he's definitely an asshole yeah. uh in the beginning and you're not supposed to like him and you don't really like him and but you kind of like him in the same way too cuz he's like he's charming yeah what if so he's, he's definitely a, you can see where he gets by with he's his an charm. entertaining little pig um and yeah he learns he learns to respect uh the the ladies in the league you know he doesn't kind of you know he's still a man of his time he doesn't go all the way cuz he's still like is chasing after the secretary and it's like yeah you know you don't know if there's ever a relation like they actually turned that into a relationship or if you know that was just that sounds like one of those things like oh we had a fun little game where i would chase around she's like yeah yeah he would he would chase me and try and grab my ass all the time when we were working it feels like one of those stories like you know no one they didn't have the uh the the show at work uh sexual harassment videos yet (laughs) well you know what was really interesting is that i think they were priming themselves for there to be a love story between Dottie and Jimmy Dugan. There was like a little bit um, of that kind of that that tension there, that chemistry. And they they towed that line, I think, pretty well. Yeah, I think to where it maintained plutonic. Yes. And you didn't have to have this like, uh, of course she falls for the guy. Right. You know, and, and, and you, you feel bad you know, she she uh what corrupts her morals because of you know, this mm-hmm. guy who she's trying to fix, which is like a total cliche that I think uh, movies fall into quite often. Mm-hmm. And um, but they didn't for this. Yeah, one. and it kind of stands in also for a symbol, the symbol of like her choice between her baseball life and her domestic life, where you yeah. know, on one road, yeah, maybe she sees her husband come home and you know he's he's uh, he's lame, right? He's got a leg injury, and how's he going to work on the farm when he's he has to walk with a cane? You know, she could leave him, you know, she could say, no, I'm not going to go home with you. I'm going to go, I'm going to stay and play baseball and then find herself sparking a romance with Jimmy or something like that. Yeah. Um, I I also feel like there was probably, I like how they did it. Cause like I, if I was, if I was Bill Pullman and I come home from the war and my wife is like not only a champion baseball player, but like the, the star of the the league and like the shy, you know the the icon of the entire baseball league i'd be like yes no keep going play please play the world series i will cheer you on and he does and yeah. it's like yes i mean that's how i would have been i've been like yes queen yes queen slay yes queen slay um yeah i, I definitely think there was a, a version of the script maybe out there that uh was was probably quickly rejected where she received that the the death note mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the telegram that said that her husband died and yeah that was a little there bit was a follow that was up. a little bit much like that there was a I, I definitely think there was probably a follow-up scene where he was um consoling her and it turned into a romance mm-hmm. um but <laughs> that actor that you know. that guy doing the telegram 
the way, <laughs> like, it was such an asshole where he's like oh he was so over the top like oh I was man like, i i hate having to give these ones where the where the wife where the husbands <laughs> die ah uh, you know, this- like when the broads, when the broads husband the dead, oh, I hate that. Like, bro, <laughs> read the room. Yeah, seriously, that was I. You know, I get what they were doing. They were trying to play up Tom Hanks as like the, almost like the father figure or the maybe not father figure, but the like, he's looking out for all the girls. Yeah, like he's he, the he, he gives the, the tough girls. love. He's protective. He's protected. He's, it is no, kind of like because there's no crying in baseball. That was that, that was like one line in the movie, but that just became so iconic. Yeah, no crying in no baseball. Crying in baseball, and like it, that wasn't even like a theme of the movie. That was just a, a thing he said. That yeah. like it doesn't come back. They don't pay it off later on. I don't think. Like, I mean, there's they pay it off with he learns to not berate his players. To the point of crying. That's yeah. that's the payoff to that line. So I don't know. I guess it just I guess it just resonated with people, because <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks is a charisma bomb. Um, but yeah, like yeah, this is if you have two hours, just go watch this. Like this is a perfect. This is a great Sunday movie. This is a yeah, you know, sure. it. This was it's your summer. Fun. This was your summer blockbuster. And now I can finally tell Kristen that I've watched A League of Their Own. Yep. She was very displeased that I didn't watch it, and she requested this be my 90s movie. So here's to you. It's a good choice. It's a good movie. A wife crawling on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Go watch it. Um, that is That wraps up our 90s winter, our extended, long-suffering, much- much troubled '90s winter. If Kurt was here, I would have a little wrap-up segment where we talk about who was our favorite movie of this one. What was you know which one was the most '90s? Um, fuck it, we'll do it here. Which movie? Which movie of the four was the most '90s? Um, so is this one um, Saving Private Ryan? Saving Private Good Ryan. Good Burger, League of Their Own, and oh, what was the one we watched last week? Um, you watched Muppets, Muppets Treasure Island. Muppets. So they're all great movies, but which one was the most '90s? I would have to say is in my view of the '90s, it has to be either this one or Good Burger. See, that's interesting because I it's hard. Oh, it's hard to say this is like a '90s movie because it's set in the '40s, right? So I'm like, I, by '90s I, movie, I have I, a hard yeah, time. I could see that. I understand. I understand. You're you're saying like, it's made in the '90s with the with it's the. Got, I mean, it's got artistic styling of the '90s. Yeah, it's got Madonna. It's got the artistic style of a movie made in the '90s. But like, it's old. It's old. You know, '40s talking. You remember the <laughs> nah, stylization is. I'm always overseas. Really, really retro to feel like the '90s. I'm gonna have to go with Good Burger. Okay. Um, you know, as much as um, you know, it it, it just it just felt like '90s to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Maybe it's a nostalgia speaking, but it was um, a lot of the comedy just seemed like very '90s oriented. Mm-hmm. I will say um, this movie had a distinct lack of of crap everywhere on in in the frame. They, they they didn't throw trash and garbage everywhere in every shot. So it's you know it does get a a dock in my '90s rating for that. Whereas Good Burger, yeah, there was slime yeah. and there was 
there's newspapers and shit in every fucking scene. They went to the dump Even and they grabbed bags of garbage and they threw them on set. <laughs> Even though I'm off by a decade, um, this movie or Good Burger at least no Good Burger um, had the comedy styling of like Airplane, not the same quality, but like it's the classic "Don't Call Me Shirley, Shirley." Yeah, that you get from Keenan and Cal. Really, and uh, that's so dumb. That, it's smart. That feels. That feels very 90s. Even though Airplane was an 80s movie, I think it carried over into the goofiness of the 90s, just mm-hmm. kind of being outrageous humor. The kind of jokes for kids. that people were laughing at. Okay. Yeah. And I think Kurt would agree Still with us. Today. I like to think because yeah. he really liked, that was one of his favorite 90s movies. So yeah. he's, he's, we're in good company. Somewhere out there he's, somewhere out there he's spinning around <laughs> thinking, man, good burger. <laughs> Good Burger's a movie for me. The 90s movie for me. Yeah. All right. That is that is it. That wraps up episode 404. Uh, next week, we'll be back, back to the, back to the future here. That's an, is that a 90s movie? Is back, uh, BF3? Or is that all 85, 86? Uh, 85. Yeah. Those were like the... 85 was back to the future. And then like 87, I want to say it was like... Because they made two and... He made two and three at the same time. Oh, did he? I feel like. Um, Robert Zemeckis. So, Robert Zemeckis. We are, I wouldn't say we're back to the future, but we're here again, and it's February, so maybe we dodge January and the drought of movies? Ah. Part 3 technically came out in the 90s. Alright, you know where we're watching this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll come back with something. We'll be, we'll be ready to go. Um, for February. This is your reminder that, I guess when this has come out, it's already happened, but um, Groundhog Day is, if you haven't partied for Groundhog Day, as it should be, the real party is staying up until sunrise, drinking beer, and partying with the guy with a bunch of frat bros with top hats until they yank that fucking <laughs> gopher out of the ground and tell, uh. go, go look up the inner circle of Punxsutawney. They are going to be there, uh, Groundhog Day night, and they're going to be at the at the at the Gopher Pub. There's oh, there's shit. a fucking ball. There's a gala. There's a rock concert going on. Like Punxsutawney is hopping tonight. There's a thirty nine percent accuracy that he's going to see a shadow, but only he knows. Yeah. So, um, or he's thirty nine percent accurate. What I don't. No, he's a hundred percent accurate. He predicts the weather every time. He is a Lovecraftian demon in a little fur suit. Yep. We love him for that. So with that, we'll see whether we'll see what the the rest of the se- the season holds, uh, and we will catch you next week. So until then, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety two when this movie came out. Party like it's any year in the 90s. All right? Peace. Bye-bye.